when we talk about prayer, I think about uh, my first memories of prayer, and that would be uh, being around uh, Grandpa Red and Grandma Anna's dinner table on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, you know, 15 people or so gathered around with their hands clasped and, and bowing their heads in reverence as Grandpa Red led the, led the uh, prayer to bless the food. And I also remember, and Sean, you may recall this too, something that sticks in my mind is how many of the uh, elder folks, when it came time to pray, would get down on their knees in front of the pew to pray. And it was not to get garner attention. It was to humble themselves before the Lord, and that sticks with, sticks with me. And I remember, actually, uh, it was somewhat of a rite of passage to be let to go sit on the front row with Grandpa and, and kneel with him when he prayed during the service. But the overall attitude was one of, of reverence, of worship, uh, humbling, humbling uh, ourselves before the Lord. Uh, those are my first memories, but this morning we're going to talk about uh, the, the church's attitude towards prayer. We're going to talk about the world's attitude towards prayer and, and what it is. Uh, you know, <clears throat> a couple of things that struck me here recently was one of uh, the members there in Coleman, he's a, a grand old man. He worked for NASA for decades. I believe he was an engineer for NASA. And they, him and his wife retired and moved to the countryside in Oklahoma. Um, live in a very humble home. Uh, they're very humble people. But you know what? This, this guy and his wife are are major supporters, major supporters with prayer, uh, thoughts, with their finances when it comes to evangelism and the works of the church. They are very, very giving. And they probably give much more than I even know about. But they've affected uh, my family's life tremendously. Very humble people. This gentleman got up Sunday morning to speak about three or four weeks ago, and he made an earnest plea. You see, his wife has been homebound. She has not been able to come to the services for over two years. They removed her stomach completely. She had some cancer, and she's had struggled and struggled with that. But he got up, and, and he asked the congregation. His exact words were, I beg you. Could you spare five minutes of your time of a day to pray for me and my wife? And it just, it, it just grabbed me by the heart, that help, uh, heartfelt request for those prayers. The prayers mean a lot to him, a tremendous amount to make that request from up front. And you know what? 
a couple of days after that, we were studying with a fella, and he said, you know what my problem is? My problem is, is I tell people over and over that they're in my prayers. I'll pray for you. And then I never do it. <clears throat> and <clears throat> that struck me also. Because I think we're all guilty to one degree or another of that. Whether it's because of forgetfulness or uh, just a lack of respect for what prayer really is. Uh, so I want to study about that for a little while this morning. <clears throat> you know, the world's attitudes towards God and prayer have seeped into religion. And, and even, even the church, to some degree. A lack of respect and a dismissive attitude and, uh, has, has come about. I... Uh, I've heard this statement over and over again since this uh, COVID thing has got started and since the social unrest has got started. I don't want your prayers. I've heard that over and over from people in the world that have, have a voice in media. We don't want your prayers. Do something. We're tired of hearing about that, that you're going to pray for us. Well, see, that's kind of what the world's attitude is. It disregards prayer. Uh, pervasive attitudes, you can turn your radio on or your TV and listen, listen to preachers and, and uh, people pray uh, within that uh, medium. And oftentimes they pray to the wrong person. It's just not that they're praying to Buddha or Allah or who, whoever. A lot of people that profess to be Christians pray to Jesus Christ or pray to a saint or pray to Mary. A lot of people within the uh, name it, claim it movement and religion talk to God like he's a buddy, like he's a peer, just an old hunting buddy. <clears throat> A lot of people pray to impress people. A lot of people pray boastfully and with pride. And I would submit to you that Scripture will tell us as we go through this study that all these prayers are dead. They don't make it past the ceiling. So who are we praying to? Our buddy or the Almighty God, the Almighty Father. <clears throat> there, Scripture tells us, Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heaven and in the earth is Thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and Thou art exalted as head above all. That's who we're praying to. Moses, there in Exodus chapter 3 and 13, And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? 
And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. Existence. Pure existence. I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. That is who we are approaching. <clears throat> Hebrews 4 and 16, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. We are coming before the throne of God spiritually. And an interesting uh, note right there is that boldly does not mean with pride. That means with confidence. <clears throat> so, as I look out across you brethren and you sisters, there are, there are some of us who have hit our knees physically out in the middle of a cow pasture because times were tough. There are some of us that have hit our knees and pleaded and begged with God from the inside of a prison cell. There are some of us in here who have hit their knees on the battlefield, not knowing whether they would breathe, be breathing five minutes in the future. We have hit our knees in hospital rooms of late. We have hit our knees in funeral homes and at grave sites before the throne of God and begged Him. But no matter what physical circumstance we find ourselves in or what hardship, when we hit our knees physically before the throne of God, no matter where we're at, it's important for us to keep in mind that spiritually we are before the throne of God, Almighty God. <clears throat> Things to avoid in prayer. We are not to repeat ourselves over and over. And the context of this is back then people stood on street corners and prayed to be seen of men and women and to receive praise from it. It was a condition of the heart. Matthew 6 and 7, But when you pray, use not vain repetition as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need before you ask. It's, a, it's almost a, a kindred to... I remember being asked to lead a prayer for the first time uh, as a young man. And uh, I was told beforehand, a couple of days beforehand, so I sat down and thought about what I was going to say. And I used words like, please give uh, the speaker a ready recollection. And all this old King James language that I had no idea what meant. But I used it because I thought that's what people wanted to hear. And that was what would be acceptable. But I didn't have understanding of it, okay? Joe, I'm glad you didn't use recollection. I'm, I'm just joking. I know what it means now. But do you understand? Approaching prayer in a manner to where we're seeking acceptance from men and not of God. <clears throat> we are not a praying to impress others. 
Matthew 6 and 5, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. We are not to be prideful in prayer. And I know, you know, uh, uh, sometimes that's a sneaky thing. It's not as obvious as what this guy was doing, but sometimes it sneaks into our prayers. Luke chapter 18 and 10. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went away to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Uh, we have no place to come to God and brag about what we do for him. It's, it's just, to, he already knows anyway. We have no uh, right to come before God and list things that we've done uh, for him. <clears throat> so I ask you, by what authority do we approach the throne of God? I hear oftentimes in prayers, uh, a long, eloquent prayer, uh, very meaningful, and at the end, uh, a gentleman will say, uh, it is in your name we pray, amen. Scripture does not teach us to pray to God in the name of God. Some people come before the throne uh, by the authority of Mary, the mother of Jesus. That's their authority to come before the throne. Some people use a saint to come before the throne of God. Some people even use their own name. Now, I can't tell you how many different types of services I've been to over the last few years. Baccalaureates, graduations, you name it. And more often than not, when that man gets done saying the prayer, at the end he says, and the congregation says, Amen. Or, and the people say, Amen. So, do we have the authority to come before God and ask all these things of Him and just say, so be it. Let it be, God. We have no position to command God or to come before His throne in any other name than Jesus's. There in Hebrews chapter 4 and 14, seeing then that we have a high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Jesus speaks to the apostles here in John 15 and 16. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whosoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. 
The name of Jesus Christ has immense power. Immense power. The apostles there in the New Testament church did all kinds of miracles by the power of Jesus Christ, by, his, by the power of Jesus Christ's name. In Acts chapter 3 and 2, And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gates of the te temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked alms. And Peter fastened his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I give... Such as I have, I give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. <clears throat> Why do we pray? Now, that, now we're getting to the, to the nuts and bolts of it. Why do we pray? Well, the easy answer is, is for forgiveness. To ask for things, Right? Most of the times, that's what I spend doing in my prayers. We are to pray to recognize and worship. Revelations 4 and 10. The four and twenty elders fell down before him that sat on the throne and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. God is worthy, very worthy of our praise and our worship. Matthew 6 and 13. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now I don't know about y'all. But when I pray to God and I get it right and I recognize His authority and His power, His omnipresence, I'm going to tell you something. That edifies me. <laughs> Isn't that amazing how God works? You praise Him and recognize His authority and He builds you up. Of course, we're to pray to give thanks, and we have a lot to be thankful for. Joe went through a, a long list, and he didn't even scratch the surface. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17, 17, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything, give thanks. Now, there's going to be a lot of us that about 2 o'clock head out to Z-Box Cemetery. And we're going to thank God for being blessed to know a, a godly man and the blessing that he was to our life. We're going to thank God for that. Do you see how richly blessed we are? We're also going to thank God for the possible hope that we will see our loved one again if we prove faithful. We have so much to be thankful for.
to supplicate, to ask earnestly and humbly. Philippians 4 and 6, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Let it be known. What if we forget? Boy, I forget all the time to ask for things I should ask for and to pray for people I should be praying for. This is what the Bible says about that. Romans 8 and 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he hath maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The Spirit intercedes for us and in our infirmities. Those of us that can't remember from one minute to the next. The Spirit helps us. I don't know about you, but that's comforting to me. To confess and ask forgiveness. This is a huge one. Because this is what continues to enable us to have uh, valid, meaningful prayers. Mark 11 and 25, And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive your trespasses. Do you, have you ever noticed that scripture there? And when you stand praying, Forgive. We're supposed to forgive while we're praying. To me, that's saying, look, I got a problem with Brother Sean, Lord. I forgive him. There in Proverbs 28 and 13, He that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whosoever confesseth and forsake them shall have mercy. Luke 18 and 13, And the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. God knows it all anyway. He knows every hidden sin that we have. He knows everything about me that my wife doesn't even know about me. Why don't we just confess it? <clears throat> Where can we pray? Well, we're given several different examples in the Bible, numerous of praying privately and alone. We're given examples of praying together as, as a congregation or with two or three brothers and sisters. We're given examples of, of praying in public. Uh, we're given examples of praying within the marriage. You show me a marriage where the woman and the man enter into prayer in a, on, a habitual, on a habitual basis together and I will show you a marriage that's strong a man and a wife that pray together when do we pray when do we pray is it just during the hard times is it just when we have victories do we pray every day just any normal day when do we do that I'm going to tell you, man, there's, there's been times when I've gone a day, two days without praying. And usually my, my life 
pretty much goes straight downhill when that happens. When that contact is lost. <clears throat> Pray without ceasing. Pray habitually. Make it a habit. Let's make it a habit to pray. How many hours a day do we, stay, do we, do we spend in prayer? Matthew 7 and 7, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. How can we receive if we don't ask? <clears throat> a child's understanding. Uh, and I'm not throwing rocks at anybody here. I'm just, it's kind of, to me it's a little bit comical. Uh, during our uh, young adults studies over the last, I don't know, three years or so, I've made it a habit to ask the young women at least half the time to lead a prayer before we open the Bible. And you know what? Most of the time they ask like I asked them to pick up a snake. They, ask like, they act like they don't have the authority to do that. I'm going to tell you what. Scripture, scripture gives all you women the authority, not only the authority, but the duty to pray, to lead prayer, not in the assembly, of course. What prevents you from blessing the food or praying for your family or praying with a stranger? First Corinthians 13 and 11. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away a childish things. I've tried to. I've tried to put them away. Okay? But the understanding of what prayer is uh, is an ongoing growth process. <clears throat> Misunderstanding as a youth in prayer uh, resulted in bargaining with God. Uh, Tayton, I used to sit back there before the opening kickoff of a football game, and I would pray to God, Dear God, help make me great today. I, if you'll make me great today, I'll spread your... I'll do good. I'll give you the glory. Maybe if I cross that end zone line, I'll point to, I'll point to the heavens. Or maybe kneel down. Bargaining with God. It's a child's understanding of it. Asking for things that, not, that are not according to his will. I remember begging and pleading with God. Begging and pleading. I, I remember spending one night entirely as a young man begging and pleading that he would make my mom and dad not get divorced. I'm going to tell you, I had my brother and sister right there with me. We were holding hands, we were crying, <laughs> begging. They were heartfelt prayers. You better believe that. But the lack of understanding as a child 
Not understanding that the Lord is not going to force anybody to do anything against their will. Confusing him not hearing with him saying no. <clears throat> I remember going to my grandmother's funeral. And uh, first time I ever seen anybody uh, in, in a casket like that. It was in the gymnasium over there in Allison. And I remember begging and pleading with God. Bring her back to life. Bring her back to life. I heard these stories in the Bible where you brought people back to life. I want my grandma back. Bring her back to life. Well, we left that funeral service. And we went to one of the Hall's houses. I can't remember which one there in Allison. And I looked up, and there was Grandma. There was Grandma. And I ran over and I hugged her and she looked down at me and I looked up at her and I was just grandma, grandma. And she said, Jimmy, I'm your grandma's sister. Just crush me. I mean, it was an earnest prayer. I meant it. You better believe I meant it. But confusing him not hearing with him not answering he does not always answer yes. And we need to understand that. <clears throat> and Sean says this a lot of times. I've heard him say it. If we were the judge, we wouldn't be very good judges. But we've got a righteous judge who makes decisions righteously about our prayers even. Isaiah 55 and 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways, uh, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. But the Lord shall endure forever. He hath prepared his throne for judgment, and he shall judge the world, righteous, world in righteousness. He shall minister judgment to the people in uprightness. He will judge righteously. What he does is righteous. And it may not be always according to our wants. <clears throat> so as we, as we get to the conclusion here, um, Scripture uh, plainly tells us, it gives us a pattern, it gives us examples of how we should pray. So, praying to anyone other than God the Father is futile. It's futile. Praying in any other name but Christ Jesus is useless. Isaiah 59, 2, two But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid His face from you that He will not hear. Now, now what does this mean? that God will not hear. Well, you know, if, if we're keeping some type of sinful activity in our life, and, and we're just holding on to that, and we're committed to that act, but we're doing good everywhere else in our life, and we're holding that sin for ourselves, and not repenting of it, 
God does not hear our prayers. That's what scripture says. 1 Peter 3 and 12, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. That's what scripture says. So I would ask you, are you you spiritually able to come before the throne of God? That's the question. Are your prayers heard by God? Ephesians 2 and 12, that at the time you are without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Have you been washed in the blood of Christ? Because that's what enables us to come to God. The blood of Christ. If you have not come in contact with the blood of Christ, you can change that today. If you have been buried in the waters of baptism and have come in contact with that blood, you've had access to that. You've had access to come before that throne, to have your your prayers heard and answered. Have you fallen away? Is there something in your life that you're holding back from God? You know, people will tell you all the time, uh, everybody's entitled to one vice. We're all entitled to one vice. We can just keep that for ourselves. That's not what Scripture says. Scripture says He wants all of us, all of our heart, all of our mind. That's what the Word says. How far do your prayers make it? Do they make it past the ceiling? You can change that today. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.